Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. The Hashi covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. On today's Hashi, I will discuss top gains from Zillow's Home Value Index, Q1 earnings for Opendoor and Redfin, and rising mortgage payments and what that means for you. Today is Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Welcome back to today's hot sheet. Go ahead and hit that thumbs up and please share this with somebody who wants to subscribe to the only housing show on the internet that goes live five days a week, Monday through Thursday, when all markets are open, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific time. Thank you if you are live with me. Uh, love to, again, hear from you in the live chat where you are tuning in from. Or if you're on the replay, go ahead and comment replay. Uh, appreciate either way. Let's get into this Zillow Home Value Index, which was just released its numbers for April. We've got year-over-year -year numbers for April. We'll go through the top 10 markets as well as the month over month, which I think is just a little bit more important uh, as we get into the spring market. And we've talked about it a whole bunch where it appears that home values have hit their bottom and that they are absolutely going up. This Zillow home value index does validate that overall Zillow would be up uh, 1% for the month of April. Uh, that's after gaining 1.9% in the month of March. Of course, you can get all the downloads in our daily download below. I have no idea what that is. Uh, Bobby's going to fix that right now for, and I'll go back to the chart. All of the charts are down below for you. Again, April, we have a 1%. Um, there we go. Here's the chart again, at least. Uh, in April, we have a 1% home value index. Again, March was 1.9% for Zillow. This is a much more normal market for monthly growth in April. Monthly growth, according to the Zillow value home index, 2021 was 2.1%. 2022 was 2.5%. But you can see here that 2023 is in line with 2020, 2019, and 2018. So the grouping is very normal uh, compared to, to those years. And uh, there we go. We're going back to the full screen. So let's break down these, uh, these metros year over year. Uh, that have the biggest gains, and then we'll go back to the month-to-month -month for each location. On yesterday's hot sheet, we went through a whole bunch of data from Fortune, and we went uh, into inventory, right? So inventory is going gonna, is gonna to be a determining factor on a lot of prices. We went through, I mean, and in the comments, everybody was like, hey, you know, try this town or try this city. And we went, if you missed it, go back and take a look. Uh, we went city by city by city yesterday on inventory. We're going to go through some of these major city metros on uh, on prices. Bobby, I cannot see those comments because you've got my screen about three inches. So if, if you yeah, are expect, I'm just making sure if you expect me to read those, yeah, no. that would be absolutely impossible. All right, let's get into the uh, year over year data from Zillow Home Value Index. Okay, Miami 
uh, came in year over year in the number one spot at 6.45%. Richmond, Virginia, almost 6%. OKC at 5.25%. Hartford, Connecticut, 4.63%. KC, just over 4%. Philadelphia, over 4%. Cleveland, over 4%. And then you get into Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Birmingham, Alabama, Baltimore, Columbus, Ohio, St. Louis, Missouri, all up over 3%, between 3 and 4%. Uh, before you get to Louisville, Kentucky, Vir- Virginia Beach, New York, Memphis, Detroit, and Buffalo were all 2% or higher. Uh, and then in the 1% to 2% range, you have Providence, Rhode Island, Orlando, Indianapolis. The U.S. overall, uh, year over year, is at 1.51% according to the Zillow home value index right now. So you can see where that trend might be negative. When we look at year over year, you're going to see headlines where people like the home values are going down when they look at, at, you know, that lagging indicator of year over year that could happen next month, right? Could happen next month or the month after. Um, But then when you look at month over month, you see that they're going back up right now in real time, Chicago at 1.14%. And then you have Jacksonville, Houston, Tampa, Charlotte, and San Antonio all um, less than 1%, but in the gains. And then here are the year-over-year markets where you've seen declines, okay? Again, according to Zillow, Austin, San Francisco, San Jose are close to 10%. Seattle's at 7.5%. Sacramento's almost at 7%. Phoenix at 5. Uh, yeah, 5.78%. Las Vegas at 5.63%. These are all losses for uh month for year over year in those metros let's switch over now to the month over month and see what the top 10 were for april gains kansas city comes in at number one according to zillow with a 1.88 percent gain in the month of april for home values okay columbus ohio comes in number two at 1.74 percent detroit 1.73 percent buffalo 1.72 Cincinnati for the top five at 1.64. Let me know if any of these areas are where you work. Um, So then we've got Cleveland at six, St. Louis at seven, Milwaukee at eight, Chicago at nine, and San Jose at 10. This is just for the month of April, month over month gains. San Jose rounds out the top 10 at 1.46. You have Oklahoma City, and we in I think it's Jody in here who's Oklahoma City who's um usually with us on the live stream. I don't know if she's here today, but you know, she said that Oklahoma City has new construction. There we are. So uh Jody has mentioned before on the live stream that Oklahoma City has new construction under three hundred thousand in in for a three bedroom, two bath home in OKC. So I'm not surprised that OKC is on the list here as a month-over-month home price gainer with affordability compared to the national median like that. Baltimore at 1.46%, Minneapolis at 1.42%. Now we're in that you know second 10 if you were looking at top 20. Boston at 1.39%. Remember yesterday how low the Boston inventory was compared to other major cities across America? In comparison to their last two years, that whole inventory, uh, you know, study that we did yesterday, not surprising that month over month, Boston is up with where their inventory is. Philadelphia is up, Portland's up, San Diego's up, 
uh, and you can go on and on on the list. This is down below in your daily download uh, where you can just grab all the charts that we're going to go over, all the sources in one place. You, you sign up once, then you get it for the uh, for every single day for the entire uh, show. The only major city that showed a month-over-month month decline was New Orleans at a negative 0.14%, so 0.14% for New Orleans. A lot of these year-over-year declines are up. Vegas is up. San Antonio's up. Phoenix is up. Austin, which is down almost 10% year-over-year, is showing a uh, 0.61% increase for the month of April. So almost every major metro, according to Zillow, besides New Orleans, is actually up month over month. More evidence that home values this spring are increasing, not decreasing. Okay, so there you go. That's available for you down below in your daily download. I've got a few more charts that I'll also touch on this and just kind of show where the prices are looking more normal. Rebecca, can you touch on how the mortgage industry is raising the cost to refinance? We're going to do some mortgage here right at the end. So just save that comment, Bobby, and we'll, uh, any other questions, maybe save to the end. We're going to probably start doing some questions at the end. Comparing uh, this to yesterday's Forbes article, our inventory was down compared, uh, compared most cities. So this makes sense. And that is moving to Wisconsin. Love the name there. All right, let's take a look at a couple more. Uh, numbers here, uh, number uh, charts that I've got for you in the daily download, monthly shift in U.S. home prices. You can see now that all the way at the bottom after, uh, this is again, according to Zillow's home value index, and, and most of the indexes are showing this, that after six, some showed seven straight months of declines. Zillow showed declines in September, October, November, December, January, and February for monthly declines in home values that we now have two straight months of home price increases, March 0.4% and April 0.3%. Those are the monthly shifts. Okay. So, uh, we, we didn't have any month over month decline since 2012, according to the Zillow home value index. We hit that mark in late 2022, September, and now we're bouncing back into the positives for month over month home shifts home value shifts month over month shift in national home values according to ZHVI once again this kind of just shows you how extreme 21 and 22 were that's the yellow and the purple at the top and then you can see 2023 is just clustered in with a whole bunch of these years okay you see 2020 and 2023 basically dead even when you look at April and there's all these lines, all these dark gray and light gray lines just mixed in there because we're operating in a more normalized month over month home price gain right now. That's why you see so many years grouped in together because what we're experiencing home value gains the last two months is more in line with what we normally would see. So good news for uh, home values are going up, but they're going up st steadily. Now, this isn't the case for everybody when we look at um, monthly gains. Now, for whatever reason, the table that's on Zillow doesn't have Los Angeles. Okay, They stopped at New Orleans, but Fortune took it one step further 
and took a look at Los Angeles in particular, according to Zillow's numbers. Los Angeles would be one of those cities just like New Orleans that does actually have a month decline. Okay, so they are seven months of straight declines, according to Zillow. Uh, I'm sorry, eight from August all the way through March. Uh, actually, so no, they don't have April on here. Where would oh so so Los Angeles did have? I'm sorry, they are on the on the other chart. Uh, I'll go I'll go to that right now. All right, so my apologies. Los Angeles, just looking at you know a one-off uh, situation here. Los Angeles did experience a 1.09% increase. You can see that right there. 1.09% increase in uh, the month of April. And this is looking back now at what Los Angeles experienced before April. So they had seven months of decline, August, September, October, November, December, uh, January, I guess that would be eight January, February, March, eight months. So March, they were down 0.8%. And now they are going to be showing a 1.09% increase in the month of April. Los Angeles has pretty big swings. You saw the national numbers were 0.4 and 0.3% for March and April. Month over month in Los Angeles, you're almost swinging a full percent the last four months straight, January, February, March all almost a full percent. And now we know that April is up over a full percent. So got to dig in locally. It's one of the things that we looked at yesterday. I was surprised that Los Angeles didn't have more inventory based off of these, you know, home price declines when we looked at inventory yesterday. Um, but you know, maybe that's one of the reasons that April went up in prices because of that, uh, the, the inventory is not as high as I would have expected with all of the home value declines that Los Angeles has seen. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's the Zillow home value index again, up for April 1% nationally compared to 1.9% in March, almost every single Metro that they're tracking besides new Orleans is up month over month for April compared to March. And this is in line with everybody else that we've kind of, that we've reported on, whether it's black Knight or Fannie Mae um, or FHFA, all of these home value indexes, certainly case Schiller, uh, the gold standard are all showing that home prices have bottomed out. They are going up month over month once again, and we'll see how long that continues into 2023. All right, if I'm switching over now to uh, some earnings reports, okay? So two of the companies that get you know the most conversation in real estate, Open Door and Redfin, both reported earnings, and I want to touch on both of these quickly. All right, so Open Door, uh, in their earnings report, they avoided the epic 2022 losses in quarter one, but revenue does remain down. Um, citing uh, an uncertain macro backdrop, Open Door on Thursday revealed that its revenue fell and losses grew during the first three months of 2023. And total eye buying giant bought uh, brought in 3.1 billion during its first quarter of the year, according to a new published earnings report. Okay, so they brought in the 3.1. Their stock is up a little bit, by the way. I'm going to get into some some comments from uh, from Yahoo Finance that. I think are pretty interesting. There's a whole bunch of them. 
All right, so this represents a year over year dip of 39%, the 3.1 billion that they brought in. Meanwhile, the company lost 101 million, which represents a reversal from one year earlier when it made a profit of 28 million. So they erased that times three. Open Doors first quarter 2023 earnings, while lackluster compared to a year ago, do represent an improvement over the fourth quarter of 2022 when the company brought in 2.9 billion. So top line is up. Uh, but profits are have been erased and, and they are now back into the negatives. Additionally, Opendoor suffered a net loss of $399 million in the fourth quarter of last year, nearly four times as much as it lost in this most recent quarter. So losses are going in the right direction for Opendoor. The first quarter of 2023 looks even better in comparison to the third quarter of 22 when Opendoor lost nearly $1 billion, though not all of that loss uh, was from cash burn. Okay, so Thursday's report goes on to show that Open Door sold a total of 8,274 homes between January and March in quarter one, which is 35% fewer than it sold during the first quarter of 2022. And it bought 1,747 homes down 81% year over year. So they've, they've really slowed down buying. Uh, CEO Kerry Wheeler said the number of new listings in our buy box was down almost 25% in the first quarter. A uh, comment that suggests the company's lower level of buying activity was at least in part due to fewer available properties. All right. Uh, for each home that Open Door sold in quarter one, it lost an average of $29,000. That's um, worse than it did during the fourth quarter of 2022 when it lost 28000 on each home sold. Let me know if you have some uh, situations in your market where you're seeing open door take bigger losses than the average of $29,000. Let's go to some of the comments from Yahoo Finance. I have been, I don't know, for years battling with commenters, whether it be on Twitter or on, uh, or certainly on YouTube here where people are like open doors, the market maker and, you know, I know somebody, somebody uh, very prominent had that that prediction. <clears throat> Brad Inman had that prediction that Open Door was going to be basically fifty percent. I buying was going to be fifty percent of the transactions by the end of the year. That never even came close to happening. Uh, let's take a look at what some of these investors now, uh, really retail investors, the ones commenting on Yahoo Finance, think. Okay, so partnership uh, uh, chiefs say partnership with Redfin and Realtors. Dot com plus Zillow, uh, 65 million shorts not covered uh, yet, 60, uh, 70% inv institutional own, 8.5% quarter one to 23 uh, contribution margin going forward, 1.8 billion cash, buying and holding for the long term. So, so this one is bullish on Open Door. Let me know if you agree in the comments. Charlie over at the Chocolate Factory says, does anyone know the phrase, don't fight the Fed. Well, uh, owning Open Door while the Fed is raising rates is literally fighting the Fed. Powell will put Open out of business as it crushes real estate. Another 0.5% increase in rates, uh, blah, blah, blah. So Charlie's take is that Open Door, not a good position to be holding right now while rates continue to increase. Makes sense. Uh, all right. So Ashley's neutral. Uh, this will never go up if you are. Uh, if you are long, you probably already know that anytime it goes up, people short it out 
uh, like none other and clean up. There's no good news coming out of this company. And the CEO and founder sold his way to hundreds of millions of dollars in gains and was out partying in LA and San Francisco. The CEO and founder is an interesting duck. Uh, that's facts. Uh, all right. So anyways, um, don't know if that's fact or not, by the way, but do know that it's an interesting person. So there's, there was how many comments on this? 14,000 comments uh, in this conversation on Open Door. You can see here that the stock is up, went up about 14% yesterday. Uh, so finally back up over $2. They were in the danger zone of being delisted at one point uh, as they continued to bottom out around a buck. Okay. Uh, again, there's a lot of people that have just poured in so much money into this that are like EJ here. Good earnings report. Will only get better from here as bad cohort is now ba basically gone. No more inventory write-offs after quarter one finally. So some of these people that have just been a believer for so long refuse to uh, you know, give up the good old fight of open door. You know, they're they're down billions of dollars from uh their peak market cap. Uh, let's take a look at that. I just want to look at open door from IPO. Uh, open door stock from IPO to today. Let me go max. I'll go back to the chart here. And their max was $34.59. Again, we're at $2 a share right now. We're at a market cap of $1.33 billion. I mean, they, they had a market cap in the tens of billions. So they've, they've lost so much. If you bought in, in this range after, I mean, the IPO to 10, 11 bucks, and then they, they shot up as high as that 34, $35 range. They were in the twenties forever. And a lot of these folks that invested there just want to be believers for the long term, And they continue to, you know, kind of sit on that argument that open door is going to be the market maker. This is how everybody's going to transact. Uh, the facts are that, according to NAR, we know that more people use a realtor now than at any point in the last 10 years, that consumers want that uh, process. You know, they want somebody helping them. And open door, the, the fees have to go up to make up this money. There's no question about it. The fees must go up. And when home value, you can't get homes at a discount. You don't have a huge foreclosure wave. I think that would help open door, but they'd have competition like Black Knight and others would be a huge foreclosure wave. Well, we know that foreclosures are at the all time low. So I don't see how open door flipping homes essentially is going to make up this kind of shortfall. Uh, I think their partnerships with Zillow could be a future buyout, right? I think a Zillow could come and buy out. A, an open door and just wrap them up under what they're doing. That that would make sense to me. Let's take a look at Redfin. They've narrowed their losses as revenue falls 45% in the first three months of 2023. Uh, so first quarter revenues fell 45% year over year to $325 million, a $271 million decline from quarter one, 2021. The Seattle-based company's gross margins Took a tumble, dropping 23% year over year to 56.2 million as gross profits from real estate services also declined 33% uh, year over year to 15.8 million. Um, living in Phoenix, Emily says, working with open doors, not a pleasant experience. Uh, Redfin's first quarter revenues and earnings exceeded our expectations, keeping us on track 
for full year adjusted EBITDA in 2023. They've been trying to get to profitability. Has uh, Redfin, despite the decline in revenues and gross profits, the company's fourth quarter cost savings measures and focus on increasing digital margin revenue resulted in net loss declining 33% year over year. All right, Redfin is essentially, they. I mean, they're just a brokerage with the best, uh, website of any brokerage. Okay. They've, they've, in my opinion, they've got the best technology app, home search capability of any website. You can put any, I don't care who, who it is. It, you know, if it's Sotheby's, I don't even know if VXP has a home search website. I don't think they do, uh, you know, Coldwell compass. I don't care. You know, I'm not, I'm not singling anybody out. I'm singling everybody out. Redfin has the best brokerage search website but that's all they really are at the end of the day is a brokerage and at that they're a discount brokerage so when the market really tightens up and the cream rises to the top which is what we experience now their losses are going to be bigger and more significant than the brokerages that are tried and true that that have that aren't a discount brokerage like uh like a redfin is and that have the best agents in the industry okay so you know, I'm not like, listen, if there's a Redfin agent in here, I'm not knocking you personally, just um, apples to, to apples. You know, it's 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 not it's not an apples to apples comparison. Uh, the agents that are at some of these more traditional brokerages that are driving 20 percent of the deals in every MLS uh, are typically the best agents in their market. I mean, that that's just kind of how it works. And that and that's what we're seeing here. Uh, in relation to how big of losses Redfin has compared to other brokerages. So overall, uh, again, they're spinning this as heading in the right direction with their losses. They're trying to get back to profitability. And uh, we'll kind of just continue to track and see what happens with Redfin. I, I've always said the best play for CoStar would to be in go and buy Redfin as opposed to realtor.com, it appears right now that CoStar is saying, hey, we don't want to buy either. We're going to go and push into homes.com. I did a real word podcast on that last week. So go and check it out if you missed that. Switch over to mortgage payments, which rose in April. Okay. So while home values rose, so did the mortgage payments in April, but so did incomes. This is according to Housing Wire. Uh, the average new borrower in April 2023 paid $2,343 a month. So if you're in the live chat right now, or if you're watching on replay, this would be in the comments. In your market, can you get an average home for less than $2,343 on a rent? Okay. And that's what we're seeing in most of America that right now, renting is more affordable than buying. I know OKC, which we've talked about, that, that may not be the case. OKC may... Um, you know, may make more sense to go grab one of those sub $300,000 new construction homes. Uh, but overall in America, it has flipped in the, you know, since interest rates exploded, where renting is actually more affordable than buying. Um, here in Oklahoma, it's possible, Jody says. Okay. So I'd love to know more, uh, everybody else's locations. It, you know, is it possible to get a, um, a rental? you know, under, under that number. Uh, okay. So with rates still in the mid sixes, borrowers who received mortgages in April, 2023, uh, paid that average of over $2,300 a month. That's up 28% from a year prior on the mortgage. Dawn says, yes, just barely closing some leases this week for $2,050 a, um, a month. That's a three bedroom, two bath 
Uh, I guess the other two would be two car garage, three, two, and two, maybe. Uh, living in Phoenix, not really. Okay, so living in Phoenix, maybe still more more affordable to go ahead and just make the purchase, which mortgage payments being up twenty eight percent year over year. Uh, this is data from Candor's underwriting engine. The average buyer in April two thousand twenty three received a loan worth about three hundred sixty six thousand, and the average APR of 6.5% a year ago, an average buyer would have paid 1830 a month uh, with a $351,000 mortgage with an interest rate of 4.6%. The average income in April 22 was 7300 plus a month, according to Candor. The average April income in 23 is 8550 okay, 8550 Still, the average monthly payment to income was 27.4% in April um, up from 24.9% a year ago. Uh, guess what? Both of these numbers in April, not good for the for the uh, inflation case with Jerome Powell and the Fed. Neither of these numbers are, are a positive that mortgage payments are up and incomes are up. Neither of those uh, the Fed wants to see because if, if things continue to go up, we go into a recession we're talking about stagflation and, and we don't want that. We definitely don't want inflation to keep going up. The, the Fed's going to get into this pickle, which how much do you keep driving up interest rates? Okay. Uh, so there you go. April for anyways, um, that would be one of these indicators that is in the not so good camp as we look at inflation that both mortgage payments and incomes were on the rise, but that is what it is, continue to look for deals for your clients and educate them on those long-term benefits of the home price appreciation in any decade, because that's what we've seen in the last four decades. Let's take a quick look at uh, the current 10-year where we sit right now. Uh, we are slightly down, I guess you could call that down. Uh, we're still sitting at that 3.5 number for the 10-year. By the way, we'd have to get to... To get back to a seven percent in um, seven percent thirty-year fixed, just based on the spread right now, that it's, it's sitting at about three point three between the ten-year and the um, and the thirty-year, we'd have to get to three over three point eight on the ten-year to get to back to a seven percent thirty-year fixed rate. Okay, so we still have a, a quite a bit of room there. Uh, we should be staying around the six and a half, it appears, for a while. Although yesterday, uh, with the increase in the tenure, we bounced back up to 6.65, which is where we were last on May 1st, okay, after kind of dipping back down to 6.5. So we'll see what happens here today. Hopefully, we get a little bit of a decline in the uh, in the 30-year. Uh, so mortgage entry, raising the cost to refinance. We, we've talked about this in the past. This was a, this was announced really at the end of last year. Certainly, I know we were talked about it a lot in January. And we talked about it the last couple weeks when we touched on, uh, you know, all those Fox News fake headlines about, you know, subsidizing mortgage payments. Um I don't have it pulled up in front of me what the exact cost is, but we've done it on previous shows. Let me just see if I can pull that up really quick based off of my show notes from old shows. 
uh, let me go backwards here. What was that? Maybe it wasn't last week. So I think it was two weeks ago. Uh, Fox News is clueless. There we go. That would be one indicator. Okay, let me go. Let me see if this article here quickly uh, covers it. So if you remember the the higher LLPAs is, is where we were talking about uh, with those Fox News headlines. And this is not the article I want. Hold on. Let me go one more back, see if I can get it. Uh, FHA, here it is. All right. Um, perfect. All right. So the, again, the, this is different than the LLPA that we covered two weeks ago. Um, And I'm just shifting through the LLPA where I can see specific changes. All right, essentially for second home, based on my memory right now, second home refinances are going up considerably. I'll I'll bring up all the information tomorrow, Bobby, if you can take a map, because even this, uh, if you can take a note, even this article that I have here is focused on the LLPA. Um, this might be it. Uh, all right, here we go. FHFA is eliminating upfront fees for certain first time home buyers, which that's what we talked about a bunch the last couple of weeks, low income borrowers and underserved communities approach sustainable and equitable access to affordable housing. Okay. Um, the new fee reductions will go into effect as soon as possible. FHFA will work with the enterprises and announce an implementation date shortly. The implementation of new fees for cash out refinance loans that began on February 1st, 2023 in order to minimize market and pipeline disruption. All right. May 1st was like the deadline where it all had to, had to happen. All right. Now, um, these, these increases on, uh, refinances, I've said a bunch, I think are probably good because we don't want people pulling out all this equity without having to make a little bit of a hard decision on what they're going to do with this. You know, should I pull it out? Should I not? Because it's just going to put more cash into the system. Right. And so it does cost more. Uh, I can pull up a little bit more information for tomorrow, which we'll do, Bobby, if you want to take a note on this. Uh, but we need to, we don't need to see what happened in 2008 happen again, where people are just pulling out an abundance of cash and going and buying boats and vacations and, you know, these kinds of paying off credit cards with, with their, um, house equity. How is open door losing so much money on each home? Well, they bought uh, very close or above asking price. Just as I don't know. I don't know. To, by, by the way, they've got a lot of smart people, but losing 28,000 and 29,000 per home in the last two quarters, they've got people making decisions that aren't in the local market, don't understand a local market, haven't been, they've got college kids doing a lot of this crap, you know? So uh, how are they not losing more money would be, would be my guess. They don't understand the local dynamics of a market where, you know, contractors think about that. Think about calling a contractor right now and having them come over and uh, you know, do something or give you a quote. And then the quote goes up once they get into the house. And so they've got service fees and they've got to, you know, fix up a house or maybe something's, you know, wrong with the house that they didn't, that their model didn't anticipate. 
Um, you know, I think they got, I think they got ahead of their skis a little bit and, and they believed some of those finance comments that thought they were going to be the next market maker. All right. Uh, later today at two, two o'clock here on the channel, make sure you're subscribed. We have a real word podcast where we are responding to a direct shot from Barstool Sports at the real word. Okay. So I think this is episode 272 of the real word. We've never been attacked like this. Uh, Barstool Sports has attacked the real word podcast, and I will be responding to that on today's show. So make sure that you are tuned in today at 2 p.m. Eastern here on the channel. Make sure you're subscribed. And if you haven't done it already, check out the link down below for BAMX and uh, join us there. Until tomorrow, toodaloo.